Welcome to the Mortar and Pestle, a PCCA podcast where we discuss all things compounding and all things concerning independent pharmacy. Now, here are your hosts, Mike Delisio, North American Sales Director, and Sebastian Dennison, Clinical Compounding Pharmacist. Welcome, Compounding World, and welcome to the latest episode of the Mortar and Pestle, a PCCA podcast. I am your host, Mike Delisio, and I am joined with Sebastian Dennison back live together. I know we've had the opportunity to record the last five or six podcasts remotely, and uh, we'd just like to thank our listeners out there for kind of bearing with us as we, we coordinated both having live events and, and guests join us, and not only that, having Sebastian and I lead the podcast, but obviously having some recording quality differences and now having the ability to be back together. So Seb, welcome back, because I know it's going to obviously add to the dynamic of the podcast as well. Yeah, it's amazing to be back in the office and seeing uh, what we've done here with respect to social distancing and taking precautions. And here we're joined in the studio by two guests. So our studio has expanded. It's like about five times the size. And so Quinton's going to do an awesome job with all the audio. And so big shout out to him for making this all work. So, Yeah, and thanks once again. Just thanks again to all of our listeners for, for bearing with us. And, and we do hope that the, the level of quality was, was still up to your standards. And we hope to obviously always deliver the, the utmost importance to the podcast and to the topics that we cover. But we're, we're really happy today because, once again, we're live with two guests uh, two guests that are part of the PCCA team that have been part of our team for quite some time that some of you may also know if you've uh, had attendance with our, so- our marketing and sales symposiums, both from this year and in the past, you know Sarah DiCarlo extremely well. She's our marketing manager. So Sarah, welcome to the podcast. Thank you. So excited to be here. And we are also joined with Ashley Manavong, our social media coordinator. Thank you. So I, I guess, guys, the main reason why we wanted to record for our audience and, and launch a podcast to discuss marketing in more detail. I know we've, we probably have overset it. We've recorded podcasts specifically relating to sales functions and, and marketing activities at the pharmacy level. Um, Aaron Michael, Mark Gonzalez, individuals have participated in the podcast and sharing tons of content for how to directly market and to sell the services of a pharmacy directly to a physician and a prescriber and also to patients. But we've noticed that there's been a tremendous gap in the marketplace, and it's a gap that's existed for quite some time. It's the ability for pharmacies to truly have a presence within social media. If you have attended our, so- our marketing and sales symposiums in the past, you'll always notice that we pay close attention to this, and we we try to deliver the newest content, deliver best practices, information that can truly help you launch a social media strategy. But more importantly, we wanted to use this opportunity to hear from both of you um, and then just really cover some of the the highest level possible in terms of giving guidance to independent community pharmacies, not necessarily just PCCA members, but anybody out there who is focusing on customized services for patient needs. I guess first question I would have is, Sarah, I'll, I'll kind of point to you. I talked about this gap that exists in the marketplace, and you've been with PCC for quite some time. Uh, high level, how has it been for you working directly with, P- with members and independent community pharmacies, noticing that we have made tremendous progress, but there still happens to be a gap in the marketplace? 
Yeah, that's a great point. And I have been with PCCA for going on four years. So I've been helping to manage our social media channels that entire time. And we've been on Facebook that entire time. And kind of the gap that I've I've noticed is recurring on Facebook as far as community pharmacies go is most pharmacies tend to have a Facebook page and not all pharmacies tend to keep up that Facebook page. So I would say there's a gap there in having a consistent presence. I come across member pages sometimes that haven't been updated in a couple of years or even a couple of months and it's not necessarily enough anymore to just have a presence. You have to have an active presence on social media platforms as a whole. So I would say that's probably one area I've noticed on Facebook more frequently. And then on Instagram specifically, we we are pretty new to Instagram as, P- as far as PCCA goes. We've been on Instagram for about two years, I think. And what I notice is that there tends to be a lack as a whole of a humanizing aspect from what our members are posting on Instagram. So not necessarily a focus on the people or even the animals, you know, we're in a really customized industry, personalized, and social media is a place for people to interact with people and not necessarily always have educational content shared with them. So we do see some pharmacies that do a really great job And I might turn it over to Ashley to share some examples of her favorites because she is in the weeds all the time since she joined PCCA, especially with Instagram. But I think that there's a huge opportunity there for our members and compounding pharmacies as a whole to really use these social media platforms to connect on a personal level. And of course, fill in the product selling or the education that we want to share. in between all of that personal connection. Yeah, and while there's probably been gaps, uh, I don't want to discredit those that have done an exceptional job, especially throughout the pandemic, because they've been thrust into the spotlight. One of the key takeaways for us was keeping a pulse on what was going on within the pharmacy world throughout the last two or three months. And, And one of those things was noticing that individuals had a difficulty promoting nutritional products, supplements, things that unfortunately, they relied on foot traffic. And as pharmacies closed, and we had a discussion on curbside delivery and the ability to promote um, ancillary services that pharmacies provided, it became more difficult to move a lot of the, the nutritional supplements. And I think where a lot of our members did extremely well, and this is a flip side to the gap, was they used their social media presence to promote key nutritional supplements that would have been great add-ons and obviously talking about drug-induced nutrient depletion and and focusing on a lot of those things to still boost revenue despite having no foot traffic and less patients, especially new patients. So I I would say on the flip side to the gap, there was a lot of members that did an exceptionally good job. And I think that's probably a big reason why we wanted to sit down with the both of you today was realizing where somebody can do well and how they can supplement their own business through additional revenues through channels that potentially were not being used five years ago. Yeah, and I w- I'm glad that you bring up the pandemic because we suddenly found ourselves in just a completely different way of doing business. And we are incredibly lucky that we have these social media channels at our disposal. And I did see several members doing an, a tremendous job 
continuing to promote the products that they offer on social media, but also to share knowledge as we're in the healthcare industry and we do have that knowledge to share during a global pandemic of how you can protect yourself, how you can protect your family. And it was just tremendous to see. And I guess my challenge to all of those pharmacies that really stepped up during the pandemic would be to keep the conversation on social media going. Keep sharing all of this great information because the pandemic's not over, people still need it. But even after it does end, there's still gonna be a need for all of these product offerings and all of this great education and communication that we've seen the members sharing. There was um, recently, like hand sanitizer, we are very, very low. And I've seen many pharmacies do like drive-throughs where they're able to pick up hand sanitizer for them and sometimes for free. Um, and they post that on their stories, on their Instagram, on their Facebook. And sometimes when you search for things locally, like if I'm in Houston, I'm gonna type in Houston hand sanitizer. If a community pharmacy shows up versus like some person I don't know, I'm gonna end up going to that pharmacy to go either A, pick up, that uh, pick up the hand sanitizer and see how they're operating. Because right now, I think it's really important for me before I even, even go to a place to know that I can see online that they're practicing social distancing and they're taking the proper precautions. It's interesting that you said that. I feel like now that things are opening up, quote unquote, and you know, driving around and seeing that there's these pop-up shops that are selling gloves, other PPE, hand sanitizer products, it, it kind of makes me wonder as to what has gone on and, and how are individuals opportunistic and, and focusing back on the fact that patients go through the same kind of dilemma as to where they want to buy their products from and it becomes more and more vital that they search their independent community pharmacy first and that there is a brand recognition together with them and in terms of who they're trying to serve in the community. But I know we, we discussed the compounding handoff challenge and I know that was such a big deal for us because we had a huge part of it and, and a lot of it came through the both of you. Uh, because of the fact that we were working together not only with our members, but working together with industry leaders like APC and NCPA in terms of trying to get the word across as to what was available through community pharmacy. So I'm going to be the target audience for this podcast because I'm looking at it as I'm not savvy with social media. Like I, I am the Facebook scroller. If you ask me to post something, it's like, I got a picture. I, and I have to ask people, how do I tag other people? So my privacy settings are terrible. Like I, I really am just not good with this. And I'm still sequestered effectively to Facebook. So you're talking about social media platforms. So if you could speak more to me and my demographic, how would you utilize it to best position yourself and then how can you start posting? What, what do you mean? You talked about boosting. And I'm like, what is boosting? Okay. Like I'm boosting cars. Like, I don't know. <laughs> I really don't understand this terminology. So speak to me like, like the two-year-old that you, that you have at home. So I think people, whenever, especially when they own a company, they think that whenever they set up a Facebook page that people are going to have access to their personal page. They don't. So whenever you set up your business page, make sure that you can post frequently. And by frequently, it doesn't have to be every day. It can be like once a week. Just make sure that you keep yourself updated. Um, and then so once you get all that, that's like your structure of getting your business page set up. Make sure everyone knows where you are, where you're located. And then once you have all that ready to go, you can boost your page generally. Um, and with that, you can do it to your local community. And that could just be a widespread. You just 
uh, promote it that way and see how it goes and you can grab some followers that way. Um, and then you can also do a deep dive if you want to do more of like people who are interested in certain products because Facebook has, of course, analytics to dive deep into everything that we do and um, choose the right people for your ads. Yeah, and I might just jump in and kind of start defining a couple of terms that we're going to use pretty frequently for you, Sebastian, because you. you're not social media savvy. Thank you for omitting me. Mike, <laughs> you're all it. over Instagram, so. Yeah, there you go. Um, so I just, I just want to share a couple of terms that we're probably going to be using throughout the podcast. Ashley touched on your personal profile and then your company page. This is available, these distinctions are available on Facebook, on Instagram, on LinkedIn. So your personal posting is completely separate, as she said, from your business page's posts. So that's a really clear distinction to make. Ashley also mentioned analytics. So all of these platforms offer analytics for how your business pages are performing. This is not something that's available to personal profiles, so it's another distinction between personal and business. Um, and it really is great in all of these platforms, you know, they want companies to use their platforms to engage with potential customers or existing customers. So that's why they offer things like this for free. And then as you get outside of the free services that are, or features that are provided by these social media channels, you get into advertising. And that's the boosting that Ashley was talking about. So all of these platforms offer advertising as well. Ashley mentioned boosting your company page on Facebook specifically. That's a really great way to just increase your brand awareness outside of your existing customer pool. It does require a budget. So kind of this like boosting ads terminology, it requires additional money. But pretty much everything else that we're going to talk about is free, which is another reason that social media is such a great and shouldn't be an untapped opportunity. It should be something that we're all using. All it really takes is your time. Um, so I kind of hope that setting up that terminology will help us as our conversation progresses. So when you go on Facebook, you can find the business page set up, which is a clear distinction because most of the people that you're going to be that are listening are going to be like, oh. I can do that, and that's free. And that's like, it, so where would I find that on Facebook, for example? Yeah, so it's pretty easy to set up a page. Um, there's settings in the top right corner, I believe, but basically wherever you would go to edit your personal profile's privacy settings, there's going to be an option to create a page. And Facebook specifically does use that terminology, profile for personal and page for business. So... Anytime you see a reference to page on Facebook, they're talking about a business feature. Um, and yeah, it just, again, it's a really untapped opportunity. But Sebastian, because you mentioned kind of noticing this difference, um, I did want to talk briefly about the difference in reach. So because Facebook does make this distinction between personal profiles and business pages, they do diminish the reach to an extent of pages posts. So that's why it becomes really important to support your page with your profile and to really get your employees engaged and ask them to support your page as well so that Facebook tries to prevent you from spamming so they won't send out a post from your page to quite as many people as a post from your profile. So 
For those of you who follow PCCA on Facebook, you might see Ashley and me always liking um, PCCA's page, or page posts from our personal profiles. Um, people on our staff share the posts to their personal profiles, and that really helps amplify the page efforts using the personal side of things. So I, I'm just going to say this. There's probably a bunch of people who are doing the exact same thing as me. It's like, oh, oh, that's really cool. Okay, now I get it because this is this is fundamentally one of the biggest uh, stumbling blocks for most of our members who are trying to build a presence is, okay, so I've got a profile. They don't have pages. And so that distinction is, is crucial to their understanding. And so is there anything that you wanted to jump in and add to that? Um, definitely whenever you start your profile page, don't be discouraged by if you – do a post and it goes a couple hours and you're like, wow, only a couple people have liked it. But the thing is, when people are searching your company or your pharmacy, they're not going to go and like every single one of your posts. But knowing that you were there and that you posted two days ago, it's like, okay, they're keeping current with their business and showing us what we're doing. Um, that's the main thing. People are just like, well, people aren't liking our posts. Well, it's okay. Just keep posting. But they're seeing it. Yeah, they're seeing it. There's people that are seeing it. They might not be engaging with it, but as long as you keep current... Um, you're going to keep popping up. And if you can get your employees engaged, that's even better. Yeah, and that's a really important distinction, I think, especially depending on where you are starting out. Um, if you don't have a page yet and you're just building one from scratch, 100% please listen to what Ashley said and feel some motivation from what she said because you're not going to start getting likes on your posts in even the dozens, but let alone the hundreds from the beginning. PCCA, even still, certain content that we share doesn't get as many likes as we would want it to. But especially when you're starting out, try not to get discouraged by a really low number of likes per post. As you start establishing yourself on a social media platform and you start really building that relationship with your followers and gaining more followers, then that is a metric that you would want to focus on and help grow. That's called engagement. So another term, I guess, that we can define. We might want to make a list of these yeah. in the description. <laughs> but um, engagement is the number of comments, likes, and shares that you get on each of your posts. So I'm going to take things back a sec, only because this is a ton of amazing information. And and I feel like we're, we're discussing or spotlighting Facebook as to what it is. I guess a common question that we often get, especially with those that have zero presence on social media, is where, where do I start and do I have to create pages and profiles on every single platform that exists? And are people going to start focusing on you know, having a Twitter handle? Is there an importance for having a professional LinkedIn page? Are you, do you need to create an Instagram page as well so you have your individuals to follow? A couple of things that come top of mind for myself is that I always think about what the patient demographic is. And the individuals that are walking into the pharmacy, picking up their scripts, um, and then also the ones that I'm interacting through a patient follow-up program, understanding you know what are their behaviors, how do they want to be communicated with. And these are all obviously broad consumer behavior questions. However, how important is Facebook, I guess, versus everything else? that is available specifically with independent community pharmacy because I believe that is an important question to answer to hopefully give guidance to those that have zero presence right now. Um, Facebook and Instagram are interlinked, so that's great. You can do Facebook and inter Instagram together and promote that way. And I th even when, 
one thing I would like to say, though, is please keep your handles, which is the at, whatever you name your page, the same on Facebook as you do on Instagram, just so it's seamless. And you, whenever you go and say, oh, make sure you follow us, you can just put that one at and then whatever your handle is, and it can be all in one. Yeah, so that's a really great point. Another term, handle, it's basically your username. Yeah. But we found that kind of challenging when we were starting our Instagram because our Facebook handle was PCCA and PCCA was taken on Instagram. So that's kind of a really good point is, and to answer your question, Mike, maybe it would be good to set up your accounts across all the platforms that you see yourself investing investing time in eventually so that you can make sure that that username is consistent and just kind of have that platform set up. But then as far as actually making the accounts viewable, because you can hide them, um, at least on Instagram and Facebook, as far as making the accounts viewable and actively pushing out content on them, I would say if you have no social presence right now, start with one, establish yourself on one. My recommendation would be Facebook, just to share a couple of like key stats with you guys. Facebook has over 180 million users in the U.S. alone right now, which is just tremendous. And it has um, almost a third of the global population worldwide has an account on Facebook. So the reason that I recommend it is because it is just so widely used. And I know we kind of joke that, you know, Gen Z millennials aren't on Facebook, but millennials and baby boomer age ranges are the most steadily growing demographics on that platform. And it really is a great opportunity to reach, you know, the people that tend to use compounding. And then as far as, you know, reaching millennials, obviously, I'm a millennial. We aren't investing in hormone <laughs> replacement therapy right Not now. Yet. <laughs> Not yet. Not yet. But it is a really good opportunity to start building a relationship with these people when they're younger and as they're starting families before they get to that point so that you're already connected with them. They already recognize your brand and they already have some sort of relationship with you for when they get older and they, they are looking for the services that a lot of our pharmacies tend to provide. I, I guess even going back to what I was sharing before about nutritional supplements, wellness, and a lot of individuals that pay a lot of attention and, and are a target demographic for, for future sales um, fall within that age category too. So I think aside from patient compounding, I think looking at the, the ability to sell products that appeal to that audience becomes extremely important. But I guess what I was trying to get at too is I think people should not run out and try to scatter themselves and start utilizing Snapchat and TikTok and, and other things that are available that potentially might not resonate much with their patients. Yeah, and then you start, if you try to spread yourself too thin, I know we, I mean, compounding pharmacies, most of them don't have a dedicated social media coordinator like PCCA is lucky enough to have. It's a lot of work to try to post to four different platforms versus just really targeting your efforts onto one platform and creating quality content for that platform, helping it become successful. And then looking at adding on something like Instagram, as Ashley said, it's connected with Facebook. It is so easy to cross post on those two platforms. Um, Mike, you brought up LinkedIn. I would say for the most part, obviously PCCA has a LinkedIn page. Um, for the most part, as far as individual compounding pharmacies go, 
I would say it would probably be more important for the staff to use LinkedIn professionally on their own versus necessarily having a LinkedIn page for the pharmacy itself. Um, LinkedIn is a great place for networking and Ashley can probably speak more to that. Yeah, um, so currently right now, LinkedIn has 160 million users in the US alone. Um, and usually when people go to LinkedIn, it's for um, educational content. So that content will be a little bit different from what you do on Facebook and Instagram. So maybe a study that you saw um, that you think that would be beneficial to a large group. Um, like personally, I think I saw a pharmacy post about autoimmune, and I think that might resonate with a lot of people. Um, so that would be a great thing to have on LinkedIn. And also LinkedIn just rolled out events. Um, they're still working on it, but if you have an event upcoming, you can also share it on LinkedIn and add it and then share that to your network. Yeah, so that's been a really exciting feature that we've started taking advantage of to promote our virtual conferences this summer. But I know a lot of pharmacies host, um, usually host in-person lunch and learns or educational events that would be great for LinkedIn. I've heard a lot of PCCA members are switching over to virtual educational opportunities as PCCA has started doing. So that's a great option. And then to Ashley's point about sharing educational content like studies and things like that on LinkedIn, I just wanna plug PCCA Science because we have a bunch of publicly available studies that are really interesting to other pharmacies or to doctors. And that's kind of who the target audience would be on LinkedIn more so than patients or customers. So to kind of press like the fast forward button, um, obviously, the foundation has been laid. You, you obviously have given a ton of great content and information for those that are willing to start off somewhere. The next step is obviously acquiring followers because you can have the best page, the most amount of content possible. And if people are not following your page, unfortunately, it is falling in cyberspace. And, and there is the lack of engagement that you've already referred to. So over my time, I've seen some pretty cool initiatives with front store staff trying to get patients to follow their page and you know there's probably tons of ways to do it what do you guys normally recommend because the acquisition of having your your active consumers interact with you on something like Facebook um, is a challenge and even if it's beyond a challenge and if it even even if it is quite easy how do you expand on it and how do you ensure that you have everybody actively engaging with you on social media yeah, so I just want to start off with some free tactics because I know not all of us have a social media budget and a lot of us are looking for free ways to promote our social media channels. So I have seen members put um, little mentions of their social media platforms on the bag stuffers that they put in the prescription bags. That's a great way to reach your existing patients and your existing customers. Um, I've seen members train their front end staff who are answering the phones to just end every conversation saying, oh, don't forget to follow us on Facebook and just letting people know that you have a presence on those platforms. So these are free opportunities as well as, you know, if you have an email list and you're sending out emails frequently to patients or to doctors, just tagging all of your emails with your social media icons and your handle, as Ashley said, and, um, then we've seen members do kind of promote their social media channels in a way that they would already, or by giving away something that they would already give away, 
like offering mints in the lobby or water bottles in the lobby. You know, now we're seeing pharmacies offer hand sanitizer, as Ashley said, or masks. But just kind of framing these things that you're already giving away for free as them being in return for a follow on social media. So like free hand sanitizer or discounted hand sanitizer if you like us on Facebook. And just asking for that kind of return um, from the patient. And then I'm sure Ashley can talk more about the boosting page. Yes. Um, so if you're doing hand, hand sanitizer donations, um, like for one, I'll shout out an example, Moose Pharmacy on Instagram. They promoted that they were giving away hand sanitizers. They got someone out with a drone and said, all you have to do is just drive through and we'll give you a hand sanitizer. And I noticed that on their hand sanitizer bottles, they had all of their social media icons on there with their social media handle. And I was just like, wow, what a time. And then so people were just like, okay, if you have someone coming in to grab hand sanitizer, they're going to record either that process or take a photo of it and share it themselves too. So with that comes like the whole domino effect of getting people to trust you, one, and then follow you too as well. Yeah. And Ashley, can you share what Moose Pharmacy's Instagram handle is so people can look them up? Very easy to find, which I love, at Moose Pharmacy. And I believe they're located in Austin, Texas. So it's kind of cool. They actually had someone in like a moose costume too, and they were handing out hand sanitizer. So it's like kind of like the whole social distancing with like the face mask and everything. And the so, branding. They yeah, just yeah I was just going to say that that's a whole other podcast. And, yeah. And, and talking about how well they've effectively branded themselves. But those, those are awesome examples. I know one thing that I've seen, especially a long time ago, prior to the pandemic was, you know, if people did struggle with getting their patients to actually physically like them, that you know, once upon a time when patients were walking into pharmacies and it was a normal occurrence that as they were picking up their prescription, they would ask them to like on the spot and then be entered into a draw for potentially free supplements or uh, for whatever it was, either a credit within the pharmacy or something else. Because that amount that is spent on, on that type of quote unquote advertising and the acquisition of followers is pretty insignificant in the grand scheme of things because now you have that captive audience and very easy way to do it, especially for those that might not know how to do it. Yeah. Um, there, there is, a, unfortunately, a demographic that is not as proficient on Facebook and they might have an account but not know how to find your page and physically like it and then follow along. So helping out those patients face-to-face, -face, um, which sounds like a time of the past, uh, but will be a time of the future again. But it is so critical to interact with them in such a way, and especially through curbside delivery. There's still a means of doing that um, as medications being delivered and, and dispensed. Yeah, and you mentioned giving away something as a raffle, and you said supplements. I think that they, uh, finding opportunities like that to really get whoever wins this prize engaged with your product line is a really cool idea, too. And these are all the ideas we've shared are kind of geared toward getting your existing patients to follow you on social media. As far as getting your brand awareness out there with patients who aren't already involved with you, um, I know Ashley mentioned earlier that you can boost your page. So specifically on Facebook, you can put some ad dollars behind promoting your page to really any specific group of people you want. It's kind of scary what all they know about us and how they're able to pinpoint our interests and our geographic location and our age and just whether or not we have kids or pets and all of these I don't, characteristics of you. And you can just pinpoint a really specific group that you would want to reach 
and get more potential patients that way. And Facebook has this uh, really, so make sure that you use a Facebook pixel if you ever do Facebook ads because it learns your customer over time. So for example, for PCCA, um, at and also, also set your ads for at least 10 days so it is able to do that learning phase. Uh, so for PCCA, for example, our age demographic is mostly female between the ages of 45 to 60, which is crazy. And it's mostly in the U.S., of course. Um, but if we wanted to get deeper down, we can even get down to the states, like what they're interested in. And then with that, you can create different audiences for different promotions that you're going to do in the future. I'm getting really excited, and I just want to go <laughs> on and on and on. But um, it's just... All this information will come to you. you. You do have to spend a little bit of money, but after you do that just a couple of times, you're going to be able to know, like, who's your demographic? And then if you can do it within your community, it'll make your targeting marketing more effective. Which, okay, I got to jump in, okay? <laughs> I understand. Like, I'm, I'm yeah. Um, the hashtag piece. This is part and parcel of your targeting, is it not? And it's also yes. part and parcel of getting people to search you out. So this is something that's a, not necessarily me, me, um, but there's a lot of people out there who are just like, why? Why hashtag? And how does that work? And how does that actually draw? And how does that help people find? And why is it so important? Because this is part and parcel. I know, I know it's part, and I'm leading the conversation. So No, that's it's great to bring up. I love talking about hashtags at events. I'm sure, I mean, Ashley loves them too. And they kind of have a dual purpose. So hashtags can be used as part of your branding strategy. You can kind of make up a branded hashtag as a way to organize different posts and different information that you're sharing. So PCCA has a couple, you know, we used hashtag compounding handoff. That was a hashtag that didn't, it wasn't widely used before. I say it didn't exist. You don't have to like pay to set up a hashtag. You really just have to start using it and then it becomes a hashtag. Um, but compounding handoff was something that we created around a specific campaign that wasn't widely used before. And it was a way for us to connect pharmacies from all across the globe in one greater conversation. So if, for instance, a pharmacy in New York um, has patients and they participated in the compounding handoff and posted about it on social media, whoever's viewing their post could click on that hashtag and see similar posts from all across the world of other pharmacies participating in this movement to donate hand sanitizer. So that's one use of hashtags. And then the opposite side is to join a greater conversation that already exists. So we use hashtag pharmacy compounding pretty frequently on mm -hmm. our posts. And I actually just pulled it up as well. Um, we just had a post go up not too long ago. Um, so three hashtags I suggest that compounding pharmacies use is compounding pharmacy is one independent pharmacy and personalized medicine. And you can go onto our Instagram or our Facebook and kind of see which hashtags we've used and feel free to pull those as well. And I'd also like to mention there is a website called Hashtagify, which is a free source where you can type in hashtags and see how often it is used. And in addition to that, shows related hashtags that you can put on. Um, but I wouldn't make like a hashtag salad for all your posts, but just choose the ones that work best for you during that post and then put it with that. Because another thing that might turn off people is if you put irrelevant hashtags and it, you, you show up in that hashtag, it's like, okay, they just want to 
show their attention that yeah, way. Yeah, and to explain for Seb, because I no. know he's looking at Ashley oh, and he's sorry. like, what are you talking about? Show up in that hashtag. Um, That's the part that I think our members need to understand. Yes. So has, as far as this use of widely used hashtags in our posts, we're really trying to reach an audience of people that are already interested in this topic. So Ashley talked about hashtag personalized medicine. There are people all across social media who are interested in personalized medicine because either they're familiar with compounding or they're just a millennial and they want everything to be personalized or whatever reason it is. And they look up this, this hashtag is essentially a search term on social media. So they'll look up personalized medicine. And then if you posted something about your compounding services and you included that hashtag in your caption, your post will show up in that search. So it's a really great way to connect your post and reach people who aren't aren't following your page and didn't see it pop up in their feed that way. And then Ashley is referencing Instagram, which is awesome because you can use hashtags work on any platform, um, Facebook, Twitter, LinkedIn, Instagram. But on Instagram specifically, you know how you can follow a person's profile or you can follow a company's page. You can also follow a hashtag. And there are people all across Instagram who follow these hashtags and then posts with those hashtags show up in their feed just like their friends' posts whose profiles they follow. So it is a really great way to reach new people who might not have found your brand any other way. So effectively, as a hashtag, what it's doing is quant like it's just putting together terms that are searchable on other search engines as well as in Facebook, as well as on those social media platforms. So anyone who actually looks up personalized medicine, doesn't matter where they're looking it up, Boom! There, your hashtag is going is going to be pulled in that search. Can you they guess? are well. They are pretty channel specific. I would I would say so. You know, um, if you use the hashtag on Instagram, it's mostly going to be other Instagram users who yep. see it. But what were you going to say, Ashley? Um, so I just clicked on Compounding Pharmacy, and they have over twenty seven thousand posts with that certain hashtag. And what's awesome about Instagram is that you can do top posts. So those are the ones that have the most engagement. And you can also do the most recent. Um, and I really like going in here and kind of seeing like what other compounding pharmacies are doing. And that's how I find either a, a member that we're not yet following or someone that I would like to follow and kind of see like how they're doing it because we can always just shoot those ideas over. Yeah. And that's kind of the user side of hashtags too, which is also really interesting as someone who is posting on social media, you know, we're talking about how you can use the hashtags in your captions, but as someone who's looking for inspiration or what other pharmacies are doing well, you can also search them yourself, um, like Ashley just did, and find really cool content that other pharmacies are putting out there. And not steal it. Not steal but it. But maybe get inspiration. Yeah, yeah. they're like, your role models. Like <laughs> the top post that I just saw, that everyone was wearing a face mask and gloves. So they're showing that they're properly garbed for this situation during this time, which is COVID, which is great. And then I also saw some other cute stuff, which was like animals. Everyone loves animals. Mm -hmm. So they probably do veterinary compounding, which if you're looking for that, then you can kind of click that and wander that way. I, oh. I guess the beauty of, of doing something like that and finding inspiration in others' posts is for the most part, we are talking about independent community pharmacies. So if you're serving a community of 10,000 people, and even if you are in downtown Houston and there, there might be an opportunity to capture a much wider audience, 
for the most part, if you do find inspiration from somebody in Los Angeles or Miami or New York, chances are the, the targeting approach that you're using is, will still be unique. You know, yeah. We're not grabbing off of a, a massive publicly traded corporation that people have already seen. If, if you want to go knock off Apple's branding, you know, it's going to be very apparent um, to your consumer. But, but finding inspiration and looking at what other people are doing is a great way to learn a lot more and then obviously build a strategy. And I guess it's probably the biggest segue and exactly where I wanted to kind of go with my next question. You know, we talk about finding a platform, building a platform, finding your followers, having individuals um, obviously have the ability to locate you, but then content because that's going to be probably the biggest outside of everything we've already discussed is how on earth am I supposed to come up with content? And then you talked about a cadence, you know, potentially once a week. What is the ideal cadence of the content that you're creating? Two, how does the content that you're creating sync with your brand image through the inspirations that you found? And then number three, what tools do we have available to PCCA members? Because that's probably the shameless plug that I can offer here. We have tons of information that compounding pharmacies can use, graphics and text content for social media posts, where I feel, and I've always said this, it's probably the most underutilized area of PCCA membership is the fact that we've created a lot of this contact to talk about veterinary compounding, dermatological compounding, scar preparation, OTC items that pharmacies might sell. Um, so there's just a wide array of content that's floating out there, but I guess where there's a gap is how to create that content, how to customize it, and then what if you're a pharmacist that is working 55 hours a week, you own your own store, and you don't have the ability to create that content? What are some suggestions that you have? So very loaded question, um, <laughs> but I'm going to let you guys kind of run with it because... I view that as probably one of the top things that we get asked about. Yeah, and as far as um, content, we actually prepared some examples that we've seen on Facebook and Instagram from compounding pharmacies, as you said, who are just doing an amazing job. So we might just start with sharing that, if that's okay. Um, a couple shout outs. So most recently, just while we're you know on the topic of COVID and engaging with people on social media during COVID. And I mentioned at the beginning of the episode that you really want to focus on the people at your pharmacy and not always be selling, not always be trying to educate because a lot of times when people come on social media, they're looking for an escape. Um, so focusing on the people is great. And I saw a, an example recently from Flourish Compounding Pharmacy and Natural Nutrition. So PCCA member, um, just a shout out to them. They have started a new campaign to highlight their employees, and they're calling it Who's Behind the Mask? So they have a side-by-side -side photo of one of their employees wearing a mask, and then that same employee not wearing a mask. And it's just really cool. It makes you stop. Um, it's an interesting graphic, which is a really important thing to include with almost any post that you do, pictures or video. But I found, I mean, that made me stop when I was scrolling. And I guess that's kind of just like a quick piece of advice as far as figuring out what to post. Use social media yourself. Scroll through Facebook or scroll through Instagram and see what makes you stop. And make note of what makes you stop as a user and see how you can use that idea when you're creating your own content for your page. 
Um, I know Ashley has a list of examples too. Yes, I have a bunch of examples. I follow a lot of our PCCA members just because why not? They have really great posts. One that I really liked was the Compounding Pharmacy of Beverly Hills. They do a, a great job of just posting educational content and most of the time they use a URL which already auto-populates an image. So they just share what they think about the article and then the image already comes up. It looks nice and clean and they do get a lot of engagement on it. They use a lot of relevant hashtags. Um, and Mike, I know um, you said like, okay, what if they're too busy? Um, I would like to say that Hootsuite is one of the free resources that you can use to post on all of your platforms and schedule that ahead of time. So if you are busy and if you are a smaller community pharmacy, I would say to get Hootsuite. Um, can you spell it? Because I know people are going to yeah, have a hard time finding it. Absolutely. <laughs> Hootsuite is H-O-O-T-E-S-U-I-T-E dot com. Yeah, and, and that's why I asked you to spell it because I've been familiar with, with what it is. And I think a lot of people have no idea where to look for it after they hear it for the first time. So, so thanks for that. Because that's probably the, one of the most powerful tools that an, a business owner, forget about pharmacy. If you're a small business owner and you're pretty much trying to be a one-man or one-woman show... Hootsuite will save your life. Yes, and you so can... So that, that's the plug for Hootsuite. Yes. <laughs> they can sponsor us now. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> They're going to like us, and then we're going to get boosted. Yes. It's going to be awesome. Say, I'm already there. So with Hootsuite, I definitely suggest do that. You can do it once, once a week, and you can have two to three posts a week. And with that, if you specialize in anything, you can go to our marketing resources, which is another plug for us. We have so much content on there that already has ready files, ready content for you just to plug into your social media platforms. Yeah, while we're on the topic of the marketing resources page, because that does, it hits on part of your question, Mike. Um, I wouldn't even call it necessarily a shameless plug because that content is all free for members. Right, it's there. It it's is just, it is free. It is made for you. It's great inspiration. It's great filler content. If you're really busy one month and you don't you just don't have the time to dedicate to making something new you can just log on to the marketing resources page download a social media graphic a lot of those graphics come with relevant captions already written you can copy and paste and then aside from that we have stock photos that you can use to build your own graphics and we have um, educational content and videos that the marketing team has put together to help guide you um, as you move forward in your social media journey. So it's a really great resource for PCCA members. And those photos, the resolution is optimized for social media posting. So you're not putting something that's five megs, crazy high resolution, um, because obviously it won't even necessarily work with Facebook or Instagram. But having something properly formatted, created, you know, you mentioned stock photos. Um, I've seen a good example of great stock photos that are relevant. Then I've seen examples of individuals that buy stock photos that are completely irrelevant. And I think that's a gap as well, is when you think about the content that you want to promote, and maybe I'm chiming in for you guys and answering my own questions, but be cognizant of, of the stock photos that you acquire and the fact that we have this available for you. So we take away the guesswork and we take away a lot of the, the research that you need to put in, uh, realizing that you can implement a pretty solid strategy and develop and schedule your content for a good year away pretty easily without doing too much work on the creative side. So this is actually part and parcel of something that we do in all of our core training programs is we actually spend a lot of time um, 
also teaching our members about marketing and the importance of reach and the importance of actually developing uh, this their brand. But this is really, really crucial because we talk about it like some of the key numbers. Um, 30 hours a month in marketing. And that includes time on the street, but it also takes time at home or in the office developing content. And effectively, we have an amazing team here at PCCA that does a lot of that pre-work. And so we're cutting down and making you more efficient in that marketing effort time frame. And so you can actually get better content for your time spent as opposed to you going and finding the picture that you want and writing it all out. So not as a shameless plug, but as a, like I'm actually asking you, please engage with our, our marketing content because this is going to be your most powerful tool if you have no clue what you're doing. And now I'm going to reflect back on me, and that would be me as a <laughs> pharmacist. I'm like, I didn't do marketing. I don't know where to start like this. Oh, you've made it. <gasps> Thank you. Yeah. At least it gives us. I'm a so happy point. you're you're here because I am I am the demographic. Well, I'm not a female between 45 and 69, but I'm. Yeah, I'm in there. Never mind. Well, we do. You know, it's great. It's great. A great resource for people who really don't know where to start or what to do on social media. And then to Mike's point about the graphics being optimized and not too large, and we do use high-res images, but we scale them down. This is all great information for someone who does have the time to create their own content. You don't have to have a DSLR camera to take a photo for social media. You can use your phone. We, all four of us here, all five of us, including Quentin, have smartphones yeah. that can take a perfectly good photo or video for social media. People aren't expecting, it's not quite like how you expect to interact with a website where you expect a more refined look, high-res images. When people log into social media, they honestly prefer seeing a more approachable graphic set, more approachable photos, more approachable videos. And I will kind of, I will do a shameless plug now. I um, presented on our marketing and sales virtual conference last month about specifically leveraging Facebook Live and Instagram Live videos and how that really helps you connect with your audience and it's just a really approachable form of media. It gives people this feeling that they're there with you because you're live and it's not refined and it's not like crazy post-production added to the video quality and things like that. So um, the Marketing and Sales Virtual Conference is available on PCCA Play for anyone who wants to watch that That was going to be my last plug. <laughs> <laughs> because of like you, if you enjoyed this podcast, obviously it was the best way to say, hey, there's tons of content available to you on PCCA Play. And you may have missed it. It was during the month of May. However, uh, it is up there for purchase for those uh, that are PCCA members. And anyways, we'll, we'll share that plug, Sarah. You know what? <laughs> we could actually track engagement. Anyone who's listened to this podcast, I want you to go and like a specific post that we've done and leave a comment. And then that way you can see that power of engagement. And it's a good social social uh, experiment to see how well it works. Ashley's opening up Instagram now to pick a post. Yes. <laughs> All right. So, I, so I, I, I've learned so much so far. So I just want to say thank you. I know we could keep going. We'll mm -hmm. probably have to invite you back as guests because there's probably going to be uh, feedback from this one and then getting some information. So what, what's the post, Ashley, what, that we're going to do? And then we're going to do a follow-up podcast after we... This is our latest corporate video. I like it a lot. It is the We Are Your Partner in Compounding. You can find it on Instagram, 
on our IGTV or Facebook or LinkedIn. It's one of the most recent videos. Or our YouTube channel. Yeah. And YouTube channel, please. Either one, say you heard it on the podcast, and let's get the engagement going. Because once you start posting on it, it's going to end up showing up on your your friends' feeds, and it's just positive. The domino effect is just awesome. Thank you. Yeah, thank you for that. And, you know, biggest takeaway for me, too, is that it's taken us 40-plus episodes to have the both of you join us. And the funny thing is I feel like we're we're a product of your marketing engine. Um, podcasts essentially are a form of social media and a way to interact. And we have the ability and we've had the ability for close to two years to share with our, our listeners and independent community pharmacies. And I feel that a lot of the content that we create runs through you guys. And and now, like I said, shame on us for, for taking so long to have the both of you here because so much amazing information was shared. And then it's also a great foundation that people cannot bypass. You, you cannot have an effective social media strategy if you don't have a solid foundation. And it's like anything else in life, but probably even more apparent within social media. And I know you mentioned websites probably a whole other conversation as well on how to interact with with your buyers and your consumers and your prospects. However, I feel that social media, when it truly became effective for business promotion, surplanted the importance of having a very solid website. I think. Yeah, honestly, a lot of people are abandoning the idea of a website in favor of social media, Yeah. especially since, you know, we can't really sell pharmaceuticals for the most part online it's great to just focus your efforts on this platform where you can engage with people directly versus just sharing knowledge with them. I would love to have the both of you guys back because I think there's so many topics that we touched on that probably deserve a podcast to their to themselves, given the fact that there's just so much information and things that people can do. So we'll, we'll hopefully not wait 42 episodes to have you guys back. I just have one comment, and I have to say this for our listeners and anyone doing any social media posts, do not make claims about drugs. This is not an advertising platform. This is about social media. You still must obey all legislation regulations with respect to advertising and those uh, restrictions. So if you're thinking, I'm going to say this works the best for this patient and we can cure everyone, uh, please call our clinical services team. We will talk you off that ledge and we will give you a better direction to go. That's yeah. great guidance. And we can, hopefully on our next episode, we can kind of touch on claims and things like that. But to Sebastian's point, do not post any caption with the words cure, treat, or heal. And just try to focus on the fact that compounding is personal and you can help people with customized solutions and you'll be safe just talking about that versus specific disease states and things like that. But 100%, the clinical services team is here to help. Great feedback. Thanks again for joining us, guys. Yeah, thank, thank you. you. And now you can witness me live, say that everyone out there can follow us on LinkedIn, Twitter, Instagram, <laughs> and Facebook, and obviously to subscribe to the podcast so that they never miss an episode. But thanks again for joining us. This is Mike Delicio. Thanks to all of our listeners, and we'll talk to you soon. Okay.